everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We're really excited today to have another one of our Hallstar interviews uh, for this weekend's upcoming movie. We have uh, Nathan Vite today here. Uh, we're here to talk with him about My Best Friend's Bouquet coming up this weekend and uh, his other roles for Hallmark. And, uh, and I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Anna's here. Hi, everybody. And uh, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is fantastic. Yeah. We're so excited to have you. So how have you been doing? This has been such a, a crazy, intense uh, last you know, six, seven months. Uh, and uh, we've been talking to everybody about uh, how, you, how, how did you get through the quarantine kind of period? What was it like for you? I definitely had a different experience than probably most people. Um, I, what a lot of people don't know, but I was actually working in a corporate setting at the time and I was working for a, a legal licensed produce, cannabis producer here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And um, just as they let me go in June, the end of June, the next day uh, I got an offer from my agent for my, the lead role in my best friend's bouquet. No so way. yeah, it was very serendipitous and kind of like, you know, praising and sending my blessings saying thank you. Cause it's just kind of it, the universe has its way of unfolding in the most beautiful and mysterious ways. So mm-hmm. I was very thankful for that. That's crazy. So you didn't really have hardly any quarantine at all. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was working from home the entire time. So um, my, my girlfriend had um, been laid off as well. So she was keeping us both going by <laughs> bringing me lunch and, uh, and breakfast so that I could uh, power on through during those first few months, which were pretty weird and difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird for all of us too. I mean, thank goodness we've had the podcast. Otherwise, I I don't know how I would have gotten through it. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's, it was pretty intense. Did uh, did you do any uh, uh, quarantine baking or crafts or anything fun like that? Uh, no, actually, the one thing that I did do, I, my girlfriend did all the baking, um, but I started to work out a lot more and I was doing a lot more chin-ups. I have a chin-up bar and so I made it, I've had it there for years, but it wasn't until COVID that I was like, not one day I'm not going by without using that thing. And so I actually watched the shape of my body change for the first time, I think in my entire life um, during, <laughs> during COVID. So I was working out a lot more. Nice. So COVID was really good to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to find the silver linings yeah, in right. life. That's good. That's great. So what first inspired you to get into acting, to become an, an actor? Not knowing what I was going to do with the rest of my life at like age 17. I had a very big inkling that post-secondary wasn't my thing. Um, I, I had a tough time in, in school as it was. And I didn't know which way to go, even if I was to go to post-secondary school. And then one day it just hit me. I was watching the behind the scenes of Underworld with Kate Beckinsale. And I was just kind of sitting there. And then it just hit me one day. I was like, wow, like she looks like she's having a lot of fun. And it was the first time that it actually resonated with me that this was a job. Like people got paid to do this. Even though when I was like 14, I was doing extra work and Back then I was a kid, I was going to school, I didn't know, I thought I was just hanging out eating free food. And so when I saw that, I was like, 
I want to do that because if they're having that much fun, I can have that much fun. Then I can be a lawyer. I can be a cop. I could be a criminal. I could be everything by choosing one thing. So that was a big factor in my choice. I like that. I never thought about acting like that. Like it's one thing, but you get to act and be all these different things. And that's a really cool thing to do. Yeah, who knew that uh, Underworld would be so inspiring? <laughs> they had no idea. That's great. It, it, I know. It feels kind of weird to say it like this is the Underworld, but it's, <laughs> that's just what happened. It just clicked yeah. at that point. And it was something inside that um, nobody could tell me otherwise. No matter how many people were like, oh, how's acting? Well, how's that going for you? You know? Uh, there was just something inside deeper that I was like, it's great because I'm following what feels good. Mm -hmm. Were people in your life pretty supportive of that or were they like, "Eh, it's pretty tough. Do something else. Definitely pretty tough. I mean, when I first left um, Calgary where I'm from at like 18, 19, all my friends, they threw me a huge going away party and they tried to get me as incomprehensible and intoxicated as possible with the idea that I wouldn't be able to get up the next day to, to uh, drive out. And sure enough, I got up and made sure I, I left and they, they had bets that I would return back. So my friends definitely didn't believe in me. Um, but um, my, my family certainly did once they realized that um, I was committed and not turning back. Mm-hmm. Oh, they probably come around since seeing you in all these roles. I've been kind of um, against the grain kind of personality for the most of my life. So for me to make a choice like as brazen as becoming an actor, it wasn't almost unexpected for a lot of people who really know me. They were like, oh, I could see. I was kind of always grew up as the class clown as well. And I like to charm and make people laugh. And uh, so when people heard it, they were kind of like yeah okay yeah sure let's see how it goes yeah yeah did you ever act as a as a as a child you said you did extra work did you ever like do the school plays and stuff like that oh yeah certainly did and uh one of actually my very first roles ever i think was on stage in grade seven and it was called the christmas extravaganza and i i played a female English teacher with blonde hair in a purple dress um, and that just kind of goes to show at even at an early stage and uh, phase in my life that I didn't really care what people thought of me and that meant like literally going on stage in front of the entire school wearing a dress and a female wig and and then people loved it they enjoyed it yeah. but even then I didn't realize I was acting I was just having fun getting your prep in for for doing all these christmas movies <laughs> yeah, right. back then <laughs> christmas extravaganza <laughs> i think that you need to make that into a lifetime movie a hallmark movie <laughs> I, we're probably inspiring some ideas right now yeah that's right <laughs> picturing me in a wig <laughs> <laughs> just make sure that y'all hire nathan <laughs> that would only be right <laughs> to star in christmas extravaganza I'm that's in. great and uh, do you remember the first role that you ever got what that was like yeah um the first role that i ever booked was here in vancouver professional very very green it was an indie project called finder of lost children uh ricardo cipriel was the director and that was 
very interesting. It was uh, a film, or it is a film that goes into the life of uh, the Caribbean, uh, Canadian Caribbean demographic of people. And there's this underlining theme where the male, the men in the Caribbean lifestyle just kind of roam about and just, they don't stay in one place. They don't stay with one mate and they just sort of propagate and plant their seeds all over the place. And so this film was a, uh, a narrative into that where this family comes together as that their father figure has died. And now all these siblings are starting to undercover who each other are at the funeral and stuff like that. Um, and I was a little bit over my head in, in that film. They, there was a huge monologue I had to do. I couldn't remember it. And they ended up, <laughs> I watched the movie and it's not in the edit, the final edit. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit over my head. Um, and then after that, actually not too long after I booked my first lead in a movie called Gutterballs, which is a, is a pretty graphic film. And we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. But did you, did you have like your, uh, that thing you do kind of freak out moment when you first got those roles, you know, that this might actually be something you could do? Yeah, most definitely. And fortunate enough for me, unlike uh, a lot of actors who get into the business, you don't really see success right off the top and I mean even though I booked that role right away it wasn't a paid role I think because it was in India even if it was I think it was like 50 bucks or something like that but it was um, confirmation that um, the choice I made was going in the right path because I was already receiving the confirmation that um, that people appreciate what I'm putting forward and then getting the lead role and then um, and some commercials in there so I feel very blessed uh, as soon as I moved out here, I started booking. That's great. That must have been so exciting. Uh, so your first role in a Hallmark movie was in 2014 with June and January, at least according to IMDb that I could find out. Yeah. And uh, so what was that like getting, being in your first Hallmark movie? Great. Uh, it was, it was nice to, finally break into the to the hallmark world uh i was still very kind of green still new trying to figure out where my place is on set but um it was a very open and easy set uh, uh to work with and it, it was a, it was a nice confirmation because I, I remember what i remember the most about that was the amount of preparation and work i put into the audition taking that audition into the my uh, scene study class and using the audition as my scene study to just really just give it my everything and i mean i show up in the audition in a full tuxedo suit uh, and giving myself work to do putting on ties and stuff like that i really wanted to show that i was um, invested in the role and it was it was very um, comforting and exciting to know that, that that hard work paid off in the end. That's great. That's great. Uh, so what is it like being in these sort of made-for-TV movies? I know that they're pretty intense. They shoot pretty quick. And uh, what, what's that experience like? It's, it's a challenging experience, but it's also a very educating experience for me. It's, I feel like doing these types of projects really ups my game and steps up the caliber that I can perform at because uh, especially just going to auditions uh, every day, uh, every other week, and then doing a project like they're writing these projects in two weeks and they're shooting them in two weeks, then they're 
post-production is in like four weeks and then you're watching this movie and you only shot it a month ago, a month and a half ago. So it's, it's pretty unbelievable that Hallmark can dish out as many projects as they can. Um, but it's, it takes a lot of mental energy and focus to make sure that on point because Hallmark doesn't give you a lot of opportunity for redos because we got to on to the next, they almost shoot it kind of like a TV style where it's just one, two takes move on. And so having what I guess one of the biggest takeaways from that for me is getting myself so prepared enough that I can come in there and I would like to do my best to get it in the first take. And sometimes that's not in the, maybe the right direction of the script, but it's the choice that I want to make. And then I get it out in the first take and then we can start doing something else in take two or three. And then that's up to the director and, and the rest of the production, but at least they have the one piece that I want to give them. So it, it, it taught me how to really come prepared and ready to execute when, when the time's asked. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be pretty overwhelming, but exciting too. Yeah. yeah it can definitely be overwhelming, especially when they're changing things on the fly. <laughs> We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. They are the good folks over at Care Of, and they've been a sponsor for us for uh, quite a little while, and we're very grateful to them. And they have a they have high quality products, meets personalization, and I think that's what makes them special. And all of Care Of's products are formulated with good for you, clean ingredients that are backed by science, and they are super transparent about the research and sourcing behind all of their products. And you get individualized recommendations that come in daily. Uh, individual wrapped packets that are perfect for getting back into a routine. We all are sort of struggling with that right now. And, and you have, even it has your name on it. They're very individualized. And the way that they become individualized is they start you off with you taking their five minute online quiz. And this quiz, it asks you about your lifestyle, your sort of your belief in vitamins, how you feel about that, your lifestyle, your skepticism, your health concerns, all that stuff are taken into effect. And then you are given with your recommendations for what you should be taking. And that's very, very helpful. And you can adjust your pack at any time. It's like having a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist all without leaving your house. And I know when I took the quiz, I was able to narrow down to my sleep needs as being my highest priority. I was able to get some of the dream team on the go uh, quick sticks and those have melatonin as well as other uh, properties that are good for helping you to sleep and they've been great. It's a wonderful service that they offer and makes things quick and easy. You can have it delivered, you can have uh, it on a regular basis, or you can individually order your vitamins. Important for all of us right now with fall coming on that we fall back into a healthy routine. As the season changes, it's important to get ahead of taking care of your immune health. It takes about 30 days for your body to adapt to new nutrients. So now is a great time to update your vitamin and wellness routines to help support your immune system this fall. Caravis products go beyond vitamins and supplements to include protein powders and boosts to help supplement your workouts as you move indoors in the colder months. So you will really find it helpful. For 50% off your first Carev order, go to takecareof.com, enter code Hallmarkies50. That's new code. So go to takecareof.com, Enter code Hallmarkies50. It'll be great for you. You'll really love it. And thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
One of the roles that I have seen you in, because I'm a fan of a lot of CW shows, uh, one of which is Charmed. And so I have to ask, because you like Underworld, is sci-fi like a genre you really like? Yeah, it is uh, something I really like. So much that because I was watching Underworld is because I really enjoyed the vampire fantasy. And so much so when I was trying to figure out what I was going to be for the rest of my life, being a vampire was like on that list. And I'm like, do they even make money? But how? I and mean, they, they all seem to just be living though. Um, <laughs> right, so I just really, and then I was like, no, wait a minute. No, 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 I have to play to be one. Okay, right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, enjoying, or ha- did enjoy uh, season two, playing a demon, playing that yeah. sort of meddler in the back. Did background. you ever get to work with like CGI stuff or something like that? Yeah, that's definitely a a new thing for me is playing with um, CGI and magic and having, you know, fire come out of my hands and controlling people. The um, funny thing is, is that the one thing I do have to remember is that sound effects is something that happens in post-production. So I, I come from just a large imagination growing up playing. I could play by myself for hours. And so I'm literally going (laughs) on on set and so the director's like no nathan but you know you know we appreciate what you're doing there you know but um that's all for post sound (laughs) (laughs) i'm having fun yeah that's awesome um yeah vancouver has so many you know you have a cw world the hallmark world i mean it's just so it's such a great area to be because there's so much you know think so much opportunity for actors um and so Mm -hmm. and then i guess you were also on batwoman I haven't watched yeah. that one yet, but I do want to watch it. And uh, what's that like being in part of the ser- the superhero world? That's super cool to be on a uh, in the superhero world and um, to actually have uh, a role, a notary role, uh, something I can be proud of is truly something I'm very blessed to to have a part of my resume. And the the cool and unique thing about it, because it is the DC world, it is this um, comic book world that is so competitive right now that on set, they're very, very tight knit when it comes to putting out certain information. And so much so that I was even restricted of knowing the arc of my character before it, it came into fruition. So I had no idea who I was going to be until about the third or fourth episode of shooting. And that goes for the directors as well. So that was a challenge for me to portray a character and not really know who I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can see that would be difficult. <laughs> yeah, but, what, um, what's it like being on one of those kinds of sets for that kind of thing? It must be pretty amazing to see them build like a whole world. It is amazing. And like for Charmed, my very intimidating, I'm kind of happy I was able to attain the role that best part of my career then a little bit sooner because it would be very scary. and very. Intimidating. I mean, when I was shooting Charmed, my opening scene is a three-page monologue. I, they've, they've built this elaborate giant club scene on a soundstage. We've got like 200 extras. There's 100 or 200 uh, crew members. They've got three cameras one's like coming in and out on a crane they've got two other ones watching me and i'm on like this pedestal with all these lights and i'm communicating to everybody and you know five years ago maybe 10 years ago i'd be like oh my god like what am i gonna do and but now i was like oh yeah this is exciting i even had other actors come up to me on set oh 
you're saying all those lines? Like, well, I'm happy that's you and not me. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm like, this is what we, we, we live for. So um, that one was very cool in that regard to do that. And then on Batwoman, it was a bucket list for me because I've always wanted to shoot on a major film production that had to block off a part of the city. And we get to shoot this motorcycle scene where Batwoman gets to essentially take me off a motorcycle and we're downtown Vancouver. It's 1am and we're shooting on a major street. And so I was like, Oh, this is exactly what I envisioned in my life. And so, and then getting my ass beat up by, or my butt beat up by um, Batwoman is definitely a notable fun point <laughs> in my career. <laughs> did you actually do your own stunts? Uh, yes and no. I did not ride the motorcycle that's a touchy subject especially here in vancouver and uh, that's definitely a special skill but um falling off the motorcycle and then having her throw me around was definitely real mm-hmm. wow yeah you won't forget that <laughs> definitely not that's great uh so uh that's really fun uh so with a merry little christmas wedding coming up on lifetime uh you were not on the first one correct yeah, that's correct. I was not. Oh, okay. This is their first sequel they've ever done on Lifetime, which is amazing, I thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they must have been fun. I mean, uh, we have, uh, we've interviewed Jamie Calica uh, fairly recently, and uh, he's awesome. And it just yes, seems yes. like a really fun uh, group of, of people to be around. It was. It was a, a true highlight of my career to have been able to work again next Jamie Calica, Thomas Cadro, but to have, you know, the opportunity to meet Kelly Rowland was super amazing. Growing up, I remember being in high school and listening to her music, you know, high school dances, um, junior high school dances, and to meet this iconic woman individual in in the flesh and how down to earth and real and respectful i mean the first thing she said to me was at the fitting and hey nathan do you mind if i'm here at your fitting you're you're asking me i was like well yeah for sure of course like of course you know um and that was just a, a great way she just set the tone for the entire film after that um just by that simple simple consideration and everybody on set was just a blast to, to, to be around and work with. And I feel very blessed to come and be a part of the the sequel as a Mm -hmm. love interest for one of the other lead characters. That's great. The, the original was pretty strong in, in the, in the comedy as far as things like physical comedy that you don't always see in these rom-coms. And I, I don't know if this one will be, but is that kind of, hard challenging to try to play that that funny uh character those funny scenes for me i prefer it i have mm-hmm. a lot of fun doing comedy and i kind of believe if vancouver had more com- comedic opportunities in either uh shows or movies i might do a little bit more work that's i seem to just have a natural um act to make people laugh so it was 
not as difficult for me to do that um, on this set. And then everybody was just so chill and down to earth and everyone can make fun of themselves. Nothing was too serious. And we could, we could improv on set between, um, between takes and within takes to allow that freedom to come out, allow the characters to come out. So you're definitely going to get uh, a sequel that should be on par, if not um, beyond what, what they gave you in the first one. Yeah, because people, they always give all the awards, you know, to the tearjerker, dramatic performances. But I mean, it's, it's equally hard, if not harder, to, to make people laugh. It'd be really funny. Yeah, because you've got to be able to find the truth and the seriousness in it enough that those who are outside looking in can find it funny. But if you play mm-hmm. the joke, it's, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be fun. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, so uh, then uh, we have your new movie coming up, the My Best Friend's Bouquet, uh, which we're all really looking forward to. Chaley Rose, who we talked to uh, uh, last year on the podcast, love her. Um, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the movie? For sure. My Best Friend's Bouquet is kind of in one sentence or not is like looking for love in all the wrong places. And it's a different Hallmark movie. At least I think so. Then um, a few of the ones I've been in, or at least some of the, some other ones I've seen basically, cause I, it goes a little deeper into the characters lives and not just the main characters, but also their friends and really gives a nice, rounded world and which I think gives the script some depth and then allows this to actually come across as like a a real world situation. And Alex and Shaley and their group of fans have been friends in college for many years. And so they've, they've created this wonderful bond and Alex cherishes this relationship between all of the friends and, including um, Josie, which Shaley Rose plays. And he doesn't want to jeopardize that, even though he has these extra feelings for her. And he's really trying to navigate that arena without destroying his friendship, which he cherishes most. But he just, but he also doesn't want to be that guy that doesn't give it a shot. And, you know, that so nice guy finished last thing uh, and and so there's this great juxtaposition of Shaley being very clueless that um her best friend is totally into her and uh, giving her all the clues and um and then alex doing it in such a, a subtle way that i think gives him maturity but also gives him a backbone like he doesn't i really like the script that Alex just wasn't a, a mat. He just wasn't just, you know, pining over her um, and then sulking, pining and then sulking. You know, he's, he was pining, but then also coming to truth within himself and recognizing, you know, what's really important um, with himself and with Shaylee. And then you kind of discover that in the movie. That sounds really fun. I love the the friends to friends to lovers trope uh, when it's done right. You're right. It can be kind of like, Oh, you're being uh, like you're not a strong enough character. You're you're just a, a doormat kind of character. Mm-hmm. But when it's done right, it it can just be so sweet and fun. So yeah, and I really wanted to do that. I wanted to 
you know, bring some, some depth to Alex. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the story has like a little bit of whimsy to it with the whole like magic of the bouquet and all that. The yes, it does. Like very big deal about the bouquet. Yeah. So there is a lore of sorts mm-hmm. about the bouquet. And so that's essentially what gets uh, Josie on this sort of tirade of wanting to find the most perfect man, perfect situation. And it, it all essentially stems from this lore around the bouquet. And like, and it's always been true for her of how this bouquet uh, lands in the laps of uh, certain brides-to-be. And um, she's convinced that that's the truth. And uh, she finds otherwise, finds out otherwise in, mm. in the movie. I was um, following you guys on social media. I just kept seeing pictures of you guys. And it seemed like this cast really bonded and just had like a really fun time shooting this movie. And I just wanted to know what that experience was like, especially because it does seem more like ensemble, like larger um, cast that, you know, the side characters get more time uh, in this movie. So what was it like making it and working with Chaley and everybody else? Fantastic. It was like a one in a lifetime experience and opportunity. And it starts with the top. It starts with number one on the call sheet, Shaylee Rose. And she's just totally sweet, down to earth, funny, uh, doesn't take herself too seriously. And that just set the tone for the entire shoot. Her and I were able to get along right away. And then so for the rest of the cast, when they see the ones and two getting to getting along and having a good time on set. It really drops the guards for everybody. People feel like they can relax and get to know each other. And then we're confined in this bubble because we're one of the first productions outside of COVID to get to work. And we're out in Harrison Hot Springs at this resort. And we're in essence obliged to be hanging around one another because we can't be leaving the bubble. And um, we, you know, otherwise you're just sitting in your room by yourself. And we're in an amazing place in Canada. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's gorgeous. It's the home of the Sasquatch. And it's just this beautiful lake. And it's hot. And we were, it it literally felt we were at summer camp, just all hanging out. And the movie was like this thing that we were doing. So that when they finally shot it, they've got all, as far as I've been hearing, all of this wonderful chemistry. And basically because we can laugh at ourselves and each other. Yeah, what was it like shooting in COVID uh, for both movies that you did uh, for Lifetime and Hallmark? Uh, what was that experience like? Weird. And yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait for it to be done. It's, it's too much. It's exhausting. It's, it's stressful. And it's very wasteful. It's like Vancouver is like the leading edge for being green, especially on sets. But like COVID, it's that all went out the window because it's we've got too many other things to focus on and everything has to be contained and and everyone has their own utensils. And so every day you're just getting, you know, new stuff, new stuff. Um, mm. and then the constant testing. So it's just a very odd and peculiar world to be in, and I can't wait for it to be over. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but you felt safe? You felt like it was a safe environment for you? Yes, definitely. The, the sets, everybody's taking this very seriously. Everybody has bracelets. There's check-ins in, every morning for temperature checks, and then 
everyone has to wear a bracelet. So you're not um, cross contaminating departments. You have to, everything is being disinfected. I have a girlfriend who's immune compromised. So I definitely let the sets know about that. And uh, they, they go up and over beyond to make sure that um, I feel safe and secure on set. They reassure that everything is being sanitized right down to pens and pencils before they pass them off to me and um, even food and stuff like that. So uh, I really appreciate what the productions are doing so far to make sure that we all stay safe. Now, I know on Wedding Every Weekend, uh, they were saying that they use like mannequins and things like that to try to uh, keep everybody spaced. And uh, I was just curious, did you see anything also like that, like actually within the film to kind of make things, uh, to make things safer for you guys? Um, no, we didn't. We didn't use any mannequins in ours. We used, uh, we used real extras in mm-hmm. all of them made sure that um, everybody was certainly separated. And then of course, every, between every take, masks are on, the masks are off, and the masks are on. Uh, and, um, but uh, no, that's an odd thing. I hope that doesn't become uh, a re- recurring theme, even when COVID's done, is yeah. these mannequins. Yeah, I guess it was in the, like in the, wet, the wider wedding shots of they okay. had like mannequins at the tables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, to Makes keep everybody sense. spaced. <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense. It's kind of a, a cheaper alternative. I just really hope that those <laughs> extras don't lose out a job for a I mannequin. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, well, so you had in uh, this movie for Hallmark, you had a, a female director, Jessica Harmon, and she's an actress as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was wondering, what's that like uh, working with her and having sort of an actor as a um, director? Perfect. It's, I couldn't ask for a more ideal situation. Jessica made that project a breeze. She is this sophisticated captain of, captain of a ship that can traverse the set in this poised, nuanced way that is directionally focused, but isn't like stern. She's, she's got this poise. And then when it comes to getting what she needs for herself and and for the network, because she is an actress and comes from that background. And then of course she's been around the director, her father's a director as well. So she's, it's like, it's in her DNA. Um, Because I was blown away that that was her first feature as a director. But her way to communicate to the actor is changes the entire way the film can be be seen. Because she's able to express herself in a way that uh, an actor can hear it. Whereas um, if a director has either never taken an acting class or is not an, an actor, it can be difficult to get the actor to change because if you're like we just want more more of that anger more of that um for me that is the worst thing you can say to me on set as a director it's like we just want more and i'm like more of what like i i need specificity i need to anchor on something and uh, jessica is just she's a gem she's brilliant at it well, that's great. Yeah, those George Lucas is famous for. That's all he'll give his actors is just do more, more of that, more. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very good. Uh, well, uh, I think we are very excited for my best friend's bouquet. I think it's gonna be a really cute movie, 
And so, yeah, we have our fun uh, little uh, holiday questions to end off the interview. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Favorite holiday drink? Oh, um, if I had to pick one, when I, I don't drink anymore, but it would be just like a, a lot, like a, a, a spice latte. But if I drink, it would be like a rum and eggnog. That would be like my go-to. Okay, nice. Sounds good. Um, or, or amaretto, because amaretto is like not otherworldly. Favorite holiday cookie or treat? Ginger snap cookies. Ooh, yeah, I love those. Uh, this one's hard. Favorite Christmas song? Um, I always, I, I just have affinity for drums and bass, I guess, but the drummer boy. I've always loved my little drummer boy. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, favorite Christmas movie? Ooh, famous Christmas movie. Off the top of my head right now, it's just Elf. It, I've got a couple more, but I definitely, we definitely watch Elf every year. Yeah, that's, a, that's become a staple for people, for sure. Um, favorite holiday tradition? Favorite holiday tradition? I don't even... I don't a decorating even tree or making cookies or something like that? Actually, getting together with friends and family. That is definitely my favorite tradition. That's the one thing that doesn't matter. Um, every year, I love getting together with the people that I care about. You can't beat that. Okay, this part, next part is you choose one or the other. So Scrooge or the Grinch? Uh, the Grinch, for sure. <laughs> Clear lights or color? Clear lights or color? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Color. Which do you like better? Color. Okay. Uh, build a snowman or snowball fight? Snowball fight. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a funner one. I yeah. don't hear anyone say, build a snowman. <laughs> that's a well, lot of work. You need a lot of snow to build a snowman. Okay, that's true. And a lot of people don't get enough snow. I mean, in Vancouver, you do, I'm sure. But us down here, we don't get enough snow. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you a good gift wrapper or not? I'm a great gift wrapper. I'm just not a great gift purchaser. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. You know how to wrap it, just not what to buy. <laughs> yeah, I get anxiety. I'm like, I don't know. They'll like that, but they'll like that, or they'll hate that. I have no idea. It's, it is really hard. I, I'm not good at it either. And, okay, last one. What is your ugliest Christmas sweater? My ugliest Or do Christmas, you have an ugly Christmas sweater? I think I might have just given it away, but it was like this <laughs> V-neck, and it had uh, green and red birds all over it and, yeah <laughs> anytime someone looked at it they're like oh you're you're wearing that okay <laughs> i'm like that's a bold choice <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it your time yeah this yeah. was a blast uh, do you have social media or anything like that you'd like to share yeah, for sure. People can find me on Instagram uh, at uh, Steel Afro. That's two E's in Steel. And then also Nathan Vita on Twitter. Great. We'll have all that in the description section. And so let us know if you're listening. Let us know your thoughts on all the different things we talked about. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, in the comment section or on Twitter. That would be great. And thanks again so much, Nathan. This was a lot of fun. And we hope you have a really wonderful Christmas season and look forward to your two upcoming movies.
Yes, thank you so much, Rachel and and uh, Anne, and uh, enjoy the movies, my best best friends bouquet, and uh, merry little Christmas wedding, and enjoy your holiday season. Thank yes, you so much. merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye.